Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Power of Duty podcast. On today's episode, I'm with Remy. She's a music artist that has some major hits from Star Spangled, do Your Thing, Bump It, in collaborations with Nudes, with music featured on Apple iPhone TV commercials as well. We talk about life, consciousness, connectivity, human connection, energy, positivity, living your dream, and much, much more. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, Remy. How are you? You right? Hold on. Can you see me? Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can see a picture. You might need to press oh, no, the... Here we go. Oh, there we go. Magic. Here we are. Perfect. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? You okay? I'm doing all right. Good. Drinking some coffee. Nice. Second round of the day. <laughs> Where do you live? Me. I'm I'm from the United Kingdom, so I'm I'm based in a place called Cornwall, so like the coastal part of the UK. Okay. Like the cool. south southwest. Okay. But I've like actually I've never been to the UK, which I know is like yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I always feel when people like I talk to a lot of people who live there just like through music and stuff, and I'm always just like I'm so sorry that I literally know nothing yeah. about where you live. <laughs> it just feels very classic American, you know, to know literally nothing about anything else in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm just gonna own up to it. <laughs> so there's, there's, you know, I think. There's, there's quite a lot of things about the UK, and the thing is, like, accents. Like, I'm from Nottingham originally. Okay. So, like, Robin Hood. Do you know Robin Hood? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, that's the town, city I'm from. So, different parts of the UK where you're from have different accents. Probably, like, you know, in America. Right. And different ways of pronouncing things. And, but, yeah. Yeah. The, the only accent 
that I know about are like um like Oliver Twist accent. Yeah. <laughs> very That's like how poor people talk, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I grew up in the south in the US and yeah. you can probably hear my southern accent. Yeah. I don't know if you could tell, maybe it's the same, whatever, but yeah. That's how I've always kind of you know, people in the south they talk like this and sound mm. like idiots. Mm, you mm. know? And so I'm just I just always am like, Okay, there's equivalence to that. Yeah. In other countries too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, it's interesting, like, because we're all different, aren't we? And all from different continents and places. Yeah. So it's interesting to, like, you know, learn about where someone else is from. Totally. Yeah. And it's really crazy, like, from country to country, obviously cultures are different, but, you know, in the U.S., and in other countries too, like we—I mm. don't know—I just feel like the microcosms of like different regional cultures. Mm. You don't really understand that until you go like spend time in yeah. a country and kind of like understand like okay, there's kind of these general like ideas or perspectives or values that people in a country generally have, but mm. then that even varies. It manifests in different ways depending on mm. you know the region, which is like typically more about like income levels and access to education um diversity as well you know like the south is so in the united states i feel like there's such a you know there's a lot of ignorance and i don't mean that in a in a Mm -hmm. i mean that in the literal sense of the term ignorance like there's an ignorance of kind of um you know other ideas and things that exist just because like people typically who are born there like stay there and people don't move to that area so there's not like a diversity of thought and experience and background and stuff where you go to like LA or Seattle or whatever. And there's, you know, typically more education because there's like more curiosity. There's more diversity of like thought and ideas. So it's been interesting living in both bigger cities in the U S and then also having a lot of families still like in rural areas and spending, you know, the first like 15 years of my life there. It's like, I feel like I kind of have a perspective that, I kind of see both of them, and I'm like, oh, it's just interesting. Yeah, no, it's it's important to to travel, isn't it, and to see different areas. And I can see what you mean with certain, like different country, different sorry, different parts, like cities and rural areas. Like the culture, right. the culture is very different. The how people think is very different, and there's sure. big things that are going on there that aren't necessarily going on in other places. Like, right. I mean, I'm from Nottingham originally, which is quite a big city. Yeah. It's in part of the East Midlands, near like Birmingham and Leicester and places like that. Okay. And, and then down here in Cornwall, where I am, it's very cut off, it's very coastal, and it's very laid back. And okay. It's in the country. So, okay. like you said, you see two different sides to things. It's like I'm the similar here. I'm from a city originally, so I can kind of see. Okay. What it's like. Do you live in like a more rural area now than what you grew up in? Oh yeah, yeah, massively, massively. What What brought you there to a more rural area? Um, my my grandma uh, retired and moved down to Cornwall, down here, and then uh-huh. me and my mom and my brothers we then followed and came down. Oh cool. So yeah, we kind of ended up down. We've been about seven or eight years now. I moved down okay. when I was nineteen. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's like culturally. Is that like pretty common in the UK for like like family? Like when that happens, like 
because like that never ha- I would say that never happened like I I don't know if I've ever met anyone that's like oh yeah like my grandparent like retired and we all moved to like be close to them like it's kind of the other way around like, yeah. like to older people it's like peace good luck fending for yourself yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um I mean that happens you know in some families I think a lot of people do move from like you know the city to the country it's funny people from the city kind of move to the country people from the country usually sometimes either don't move or they go up to the city right but like the differences here is that you know public transport you're very lucky right you can go everywhere i mean you have to drive really if you want to go anywhere where i live um okay tesco's like 20 minute drive buses are like once every hour if you're lucky wow so it's a big shift, you know, like, because when I first came down here, I didn't really drive. Yeah. So, you face all these different challenges. Yeah. It definitely affects the way you, like, see and feel in the world when you're, like, having to sit behind the yeah. wheel of a car and, like, every time you go somewhere, you're like, maybe I'll die. Maybe yeah. I won't. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, it's so crazy. I feel like during this quarantine, I don't, I haven't really, like, obviously been going as many places and when I do drive now, it's been like, you know, maybe two weeks since I've driven anywhere. And so I'm just feeling, I'm like, oh my God, this is so stressful. Yeah. Like, how can I do this less? Yeah. You know? It's, 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 it's uncertain times, isn't it? But um, I, I, I always say to people, you know, you need to focus on what you can control. You know, like the pandemic and everything else, you can't control that. You focus sure. on, If you focus on that, it's just going to stress you out. Um, sure. But like, but with you like your your music, like, kind of, what kind of got you into your music? Well, like doing music. Been many many years ago. Yeah. Once upon a time, um, I was just really into music as a kid. Um, mm. I grew up like my family's pretty religious, so I'm I'm really not anymore. But my that's where I was raised in. And yeah. Uh, we went to church and um, very musical, like in the south church is like very very musical that's like one of the huge components of it mm. just a more spirited experience i guess it's not like mass where it's just kind of like really somber you know yeah. so anyways yeah i don't i don't know really there's not like a ton of musicianship or anything in my family so i don't really know where it came from but yeah i was like when i was like six or seven i like asked to start taking piano lessons so i started doing that learned to play guitar and um started writing songs when I was, like, in high school, and, you know, it never really became, like, a conscious choice, I guess, to, like, do it for a living. It was just something that just kind of kept unfolding into more and more opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, um, I went to college and got my, like, a bachelor's degree, but I, I just kind of did that because I had the opportunity to, and, but, like, I was kind of playing gigs and stuff the whole time, and then after college, I, like, moved up to Nashville to start trying to like do the whole thing you know and i was already touring and stuff like that but i don't know just decided to move up and make it official yeah so anyway yeah i guess it's just kind of like always been like what i've done um for me like i feel like it's been more about like the struggle was never really like getting into the industry like meeting people i feel like that stuff just kind of like Load, which is cool but I've always kind of been my worst own worst enemy with like just psychological stuff of like mm. you know just like um I've, one of the biggest things is just always feeling like uh nobody 
it's it's really funny because everything always came together of people like helping me out and wanting to like help me get to the next level but I always just felt like I was bothering people and like nobody wanted to do me any favors or I felt like I was being done favors I just had this whole kind of just very much seeing the world as like other you know and like I have to convince people to help me whereas like now that I've kind of like dived into that stuff like how I see the world and you know you know that I that I used to see it as essentially like a hostile mm-hmm. unfriendly place and so anyways um that's been a big point of growth for me and and also just like creatively trying to I'm actually starting a, my first episode of an Instagram live show tomorrow that I'm oh, doing nice. about like specifically about like the spontaneity of creativity and um trying to just like foster more of that in life because you know so much of the challenge I feel like psychologically in creating is thinking too much you know about like what you should be doing and trying to like plot everything out and you're really like closing yourself off to inspiration and like the spontaneity that typically like really great ideas and especially ideas that change people and influence and touch people and yourself like when you're trying to like plan everything out and be super rational about it you kind of would like blocking that stuff out you know mm-hmm. so that's been a big part of my journey as well and I decided to start you know doing a show about it to just kind of share what I've been learning because I'm just like I wish I had known this a few years ago mm-hmm. you know what I mean <laughs> so hopefully hopefully it'll be helpful it'll definitely be helpful for me to like talk more about but yeah hopefully it'll be helpful to others too yeah that's awesome I mean like you said you started playing like piano and then getting into music and then kind of branching out into other areas and getting further out there and like you said, um, meeting people just kind of came naturally and stuff like that. And yeah. Like with like, so like when when where did you actually go? Um, when when you branched out from music, like where did you head head to, like location wise? Oh yeah, so like, so I was like raised in the south in Louisiana, central Louisiana, the state, like literally middle of nowhere. And uh, when I was 15, my family moved to Orlando, Florida, um, Disney there. World. Everybody yeah. knows. I've been there. So. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Florida's Florida's a rare breed of places for sure. But um, <laughs> yeah, like at the time when we moved there, they actually had a pretty pretty cool little music scene that was coming up. So um, that was cool for me, you know. But I, I kind of once I finished college, uh, I was I was like 21, 22. I moved up to Nashville. Um, I knew like a few people that I had met just from touring who lived in Nashville and basically like they just kind of introduced me to more people and I ended up like like linking up with this one guy that um, worked in publishing there and he didn't sign me to a publishing deal but he like started managing me and setting me up for like co-writes and stuff so um, he ended up moving um, to another city and so we stopped working together Um, but I just you know kind of just you know, just relationships yeah. kind of domino into meeting other people and, um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it just shows you how, like, it's like a domino effect, isn't it? You know, you meet someone, you go somewhere, and then it just kind of... Totally. Uh, like, ripple effect just goes from there. You know, you meet someone, yeah. they let lead you to someone else, you do something. Always. Always. That's amazing. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's great what you're saying about your Instagram Live and stuff, and that's a really good thing to do as well. You know, yeah. and like, it's a big thing to do, I find, as well. So, I mean, like, fair play for, you know, wanting to do that and help other people. Because, I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, and for sure. 
Yeah, just to feel like you're contributing something, you know, like mm. to the world. And I feel like that's been a really big shift for me in my, you know, I, I'm, I literally forgot how old I was. I'm 31. I'm 31. I was like, am I 30 or 31? Whoa. Um, so I'm 31, and I feel like in the last few years, you know, I've been doing this. Like, I moved to Nashville like 10 years ago, and I actually live right now. I'm in I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Um, we moved here. My partner and I moved here last year. Um, and I'm actually really thankful for how all that worked out because yeah. with this quarantining and stuff, we've ended up like we have a pool and there's like sunshine. So I'm yeah. like. It's good yeah. accidental situation. Yeah. <laughs> right. But anyways, um, don't even know how I started bragging about my pool no, in the middle of all that. Yes, no, but um, home comfort is important. Makes you appreciate things, I think. Like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I was talking about moving to Nashville and... Um, meeting people. Meeting people. Man, the train of thought has just left the station. <laughs> no, use that. You're saying like, you know, like Instagram Live and providing something to people and helping people. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. I got it back. It's okay. Yeah, so like, I feel like, you know, like 10 years ago I moved to Nashville and like in that time period, like so much of the struggle was just like, why am I doing this? You know, yeah, because yeah. like, you know, A of all being an entrepreneur, which like trying to like launch, your, launch yourself as like a professional, like it really is similar to like launching your own business you know yeah, granted yeah. you're the only employee so it's like that's easier you don't have to like deal with payroll and stuff but like it's like a whole thing you really are kind of your own support system yeah. in a way you know um you really have to kind of like pave the way and so doing that I just always was kind of like yo like why am I doing this and you know I kind of have realized in the last couple of years that like trying to there's a difference between like creating art and then trying to do it professionally you know like so many people all over the world like create things they play piano and draw and do whatever and it's just their creative expression of what they offer but like trying to do it for a living have a platform and all this it's like kind of a different breed of thing that feels like it requires a certain amount of ego that i've been uncomfortable with to a certain extent yeah, but yeah. i still keep doing it you know yeah so anyways in the last couple of years i kind of was able to maybe admit to myself that like part of the reason that I was like pursuing this professionally was like to have some kind of validation for myself from mm -hmm. like an audience or from press outlets or like people in the industry like I was trying to feel good about myself mm -hmm. in a certain egoic way you yeah. know and um that really sucked you know to like come to terms with but also super freeing because I feel like now I am able to, like, create and offer things to the world just simply out of, like, the desire to give, you mm -hmm. know? And I'm just like, yo, like, as long as I'm making enough money that I need to, like, be okay, yeah. you know? And to, like, have a good life. I don't, this is not about, like, recognition for me anymore. It's, I don't need to be validated. Like, mm. I'm good in and of myself, like, as I am. And anything that I want to offer creatively because of, like, any gifts that I have or any experience that I want to communicate, mm. like, that's just a gift. And I'm here to, like, offer that. Mm. And, like, people come to a song that, that I might write with, like, an intention. And then somebody else comes to it with their experience. And the song takes on a whole other meaning. Mm. And, like, they're kind of co-writing the song in that sense you know what i mean like yeah, it just yeah. takes on a whole other life so that kind of stuff is like really inspiring to me now you know just 
talking about like contributing what you can to the world and being mm. able to do that a little more free of like any kind of needs that I have for validation. Mm. Oh, I just feel so much better, yeah. you know, just to give, just to give. Yeah. I think that's really, you know, really important what you said. And I, I think that's where a lot of artists kind of fail to make that switch or they don't kind of grow through that understanding of it. Cause like you see a lot of artists who are doing really well and then yeah. they get all this money and then, they like you said, they, the ego is quite significant, and then yeah. get, you know, all the, you know, all the madness happens, and then they come out of the end, and they some sometimes it's only till afterwards they go through that they kind of think to themselves, oh, you know, like what right. And like you said, with your music, it's an outlet, isn't it, in some way? And yeah, it's your creativity and your energy, and you know, your like you and your music, you know, that, that's you're providing that to some to people the audience and then they can take something from it isn't it? you're providing value in this right amazing way i mean i i listened to one of your songs like 20 times every day um <laughs> star 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 spangled oh star spangled oh yeah, yeah. Like Oof, you, you that's got, a good one that's, you, a, that's an old one it's a good one yeah, yeah like you, you've got an amazing voice like thank you just put it out there and it's like your music's quite deep as well like you know it's it, it, it's really deep and it's really like you know like bounce let's go yeah and i saw your john lennon cover as well that was really good thank you um you're welcome beautiful song it's yeah. hard to mess it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um i i first basically heard about your music because my my brother uh is into oliver tree oh okay and we went to bristol and then we watched him and then nudes was there Okay. I, I never heard of all of the trail nudes. That was um was that was last was that last summer or last it fall? Last It was last year. I think it was last fall. Yeah. Um yeah, then I got into nudes and then I, I saw your song with nudes. Like Yeah. Like Bump It and uh Do Your Thing. Yeah. Like it's so I love I love those songs and they're so catchy as well. And, yeah, um, how, how, I love how, working with him. Yeah, how how did you get to meet Nudes and and um, collab and do those songs? How did you? Yeah, um, well, let's see. It was um, it was a very it almost didn't happen. Um, it was a very tenuous situation. So I was signed to a label for a small little um bit. Mm. and they um, had brought me out to L.A. to do some writing. It was, I like, think, maybe only, like, my second time I had ever been out there. And um, they introduced me to this guy, Sean, who is one of Josh's, Josh's really yeah, good friends yeah, and yeah. one of my good friends as well now. So they introduced me to Sean, and we kind of, like, had we, like, wrote together one night um, in the studio in the hotel we were staying at, and Sean was like, you know, he's like, I'm writing with my buddy Josh tomorrow. He's like, I think you would really like him. And I actually had another write scheduled for the next day, but it was, I think it wasn't starting until like one in the afternoon or something. So I was like, you know, I was like, okay, let's do it. I can go at 11. I only have like a couple hours, but let's just see what we can do. So he was like, okay, cool. So I meet him over there the next morning and it was at Josh's house. And, you know, honestly, it was so much of a blur. We wrote Do Your Thing in that, in that session. And, um, so literally me and Sean sat down on the couch and Josh had a beat 
that doesn't sound anything like what do your thing sounds like now. Josh sometimes will do that, like just reinvent the tracks like over yeah. and over and over until he gets it right. Um, so anyways, yeah, we sat down and like Sean and I just really started, Sean's like really, his gift is just like, he just can channel and like start throwing out ideas. So he started throwing out a couple lines and I just ran with it. And um, so we had some verses written. Oh, my dog just came in here. Yeah, it's okay. And, um, <laughs> And anyways, um, yeah, it was it was a crazy experience. I mean, we ended up writing the whole thing in those, like, two hours because I had wow. to go, you know? But, yeah, I just, the whole chorus, the whole hook of your thing was, like, literally Josh gave me a mic. I was sitting on the floor in the room, and he was, like, uh, I had said at some point, Sean was, like, I have to go to the bathroom. And I was, like, oh, yeah, man, I'll go do your thing. And Sean was, or Josh was, like, that's the song. That's the song. And he gave me the mic, and he was like, just start, here's the beat, just start singing, do your thing, just start singing it in a bunch of different ways. Wow. And so I just started some different stuff, and I got on this one, the, do you, do you, yeah. thing, do you, and he was like, he was just like, keep going, keep going. Wow. So it was pretty sick, yeah. And, and I, you know, I had no idea, obviously, that, you know, that was like in, in the summer of 20, 2017, or the spring of 2017, yeah. and then, of course, you know, it came out that fall, and then we got word about the uh, iPhone ad that December. Um, so, you know, it was out for a few months, and we were kind of just like, okay, like, it's a cool song. I guess maybe it'll get a bump on streaming at some point. Yeah. And then I got that um, that Apple ad and blew wow. up, which was awesome. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, so that's how I met Josh, and now we're really good friends, and, you know, we visit each other. And, yeah, yeah I think it's just having that one session that just, like, the chemistry was just awesome, and... Um, yeah, almost didn't happen though. Pretty wild, huh? It's crazy, isn't it? It's like, it's not yeah. like how, like, you hear of, like, these like, stories sometimes where, like, people made a song and, like you said, you know, made it in a couple of hours. Yeah, totally. Sometimes it happens like that. It just blew up. And some people can make, I don't know, like, make songs for months and months and then it does well, yeah. but not quite, like, songs that, you know, yeah. in two hours. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just depends, you know. I mean, like I think it depends on the spirit of the song, really, you know. And a lot of what Josh does is he really just captures like the energy of the moment in the room. And it's not about it being polished or like having, you know, this pop sound or something mm, like yeah. that. So there's not really a lot to go back and edit. It's just like if the energy's there in the room, yeah, he's really fast and can really capture it. Yeah. And it's just there, you know. But other people, you know, write in different ways. And, like, mm. for me, when I write alone, like, often it'll take me a month to, like, yeah. get something to the point where, you know, and you listen to something like Star Spangled and you, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, it's different. Like, it's thought out yeah. and, you know. So, like, what? I add a lot of parts. And, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, so, I was just saying, like, how, so what kind of, um, like, the music videos and stuff, like, what kind of, they are those your ideas? Like, what kind of, do your thing as well? like that music video yeah. would you like have your input to how you wanted it to go like how yeah so that video is a crazy story as well um yeah the, josh and his wife audrey who helps him with a lot of the creative direction stuff she's so talented um they came up with concepts of just kind of the really you know high contrast high saturated colors and the yellow hair and the, the eye makeup and they came up with that idea and they had you know kind of a they work with a, a, a photographer, a videographer yeah. that, for all of their videos. He's so talented as well. So he was there, and they had the shot list of all the different shots we wanted to get for it. 
and we started trying to do these movements, these shots, and it just was, it, it just, it was just bad. Like, it was just not translating. It, you know, yeah. it just wasn't working, and we were trying to make it work for a couple hours, and we were coming up on the time that the rental, the room rental was like, for the studio was going to be over, and we were just like, bro, we literally have nothing. Yeah. Like, like, it looks good. And I don't know what happened at that point, but Graham, who was on the camera, he just was like, okay, well, I'm just going to, like, roll for a little bit and see if we get anything, if anybody wants to just do anything. So I was just like, okay, like, let's go. So I just got up there and, like, all the weird dancing that you see in that, which yeah. is shit that I started doing, like, on the fly, and everybody <laughs> was just dying laughing in the room. And, you know, I was like, Josh, come dance. And so he got up there and started doing stuff, and we just started, like, truly, like, just totally messing around for like the next hour like the last hour we had and that's all that's in the video that was edited was like just that last hour of shooting of us just totally unscripted like wow. you know so that was a fun thing because i feel like the concepts were all down um aesthetically before i got there but then it's mm -hmm. just like you can have all this stuff planned kind of like the spontaneity of what i was talking about earlier it's like sometimes you're just like shit's just not working out and then you just catch a vibe and you go with it, yeah. you know? And that's just kind of what unfolds. So, yeah. That's amazing, that's though. Like, that's a great memory. Yeah. I enjoy telling that story. That's amazing. Like, yeah. it's crazy because, like you said, you could have all this stuff planned, but sometimes some of the best things happen when it's, like, in the moment and it's kind of, like, Absolutely. just free-flowing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've kind of found out with some podcasts I've done. I love, like, bullet points oh, yeah. and questions. Like, I've got a few bullet points and questions for this. But, like, sometimes it's like you can then press on something and the energy and the synergy and it just kind of, like, goes Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah, that happens in conversation. I feel like that's a huge – that gets men – like, people don't think about that a lot. Like, conversation is, like, really an art. And I don't mean it in, like, a skill art. I mean, like, it's – there's inspiration to it, you know, there's like really magical things that happen in conversation and like you start chatting with somebody at the coffee shop and like all of a sudden you're like deeply connecting to this person because mm -hmm. like a conversation just kind of takes off and that's something I feel like every single day that people experience and don't really put that in the category of creativity, you know, or like yeah. inspiration and it totally, and what you do as well, like it's not just like interviewing and talking and asking questions like, it's, yeah. there's like magic to that you know yeah no I, I agree massively and I think like flies keep falling through my window um the um yeah like it's it's like you're not just talking to someone you're, you're tuning into them you're channeling and if you both on the same wavelength it then just goes that bit higher yeah um yeah yeah that, absolutely it is. It's a hard thing to express what it is. Wavelength is a good term for it, but it's, yeah. it's definitely like an, an energetic thing, you know, yeah. like, because it can come out of left field. Like, you're not even talking about something related, and then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. I love it. It's amazing. I mean, it's life, isn't it? I mean, like, it, it's nice to actually, I think that's why I think face-to-face -face and talking to how we are is so important, because people you know, caught up on the phone or playing games and human communication, like, it's so important. Yeah. 
and you know through connecting with other people you learn things about yourself sure and um you're quite i've seen that you're quite spiritual and you're quite you know tuned to energy and things like that like what kind yeah. of got you into that like is it just kind of like yeah. in you like i saw you've got a lot of mice from those, those nice lamps in the back those like oh nice um, yeah my dude i would show you around right now but it's uh, yeah, it's fine, don't worry. I've been working on several projects and there's shit everywhere yeah. <laughs> in here. So I can't I can't do that right yeah. now. But yeah, I've got you know, I've got I lit my Palo Santo before we started the call. Nice. Like a real mystical bitch. Yeah. And got my crystals. Nice. My amethyst. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's you know, the it just you know, it brings a certain mood to yeah, it. Yeah. But all this stuff, you know, this for me, like beautiful things or smells. It's ways to engage your senses and I feel like helps you to engage parts of your soul when you're like really engaging your senses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, like the journey of like deep self-reflection and um, trying to know myself like on a deep level started, it's been almost three years ago. Um, my youngest brother was murdered randomly. He was 19. Hmm. And that was kind of like the bottom, you know, obviously like it's like what else, like (laughs) it's really bad, you know, but at the same time, it, it kind of emptied me out and kind of opened up this whole new doorway for me. Um, It just really brought on this whole detachment from form, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, you know, there's sometimes when you lose someone that you feel like you die too, you know, like your sense of who you are or like this whole life that I'd set up for myself. Like, it just felt like all of that, just the moment I got the news was just gone, you know, and I was in shock for a couple of months and all this stuff. But I feel like that was really the point for me of, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, like, it's not like that was some awakening moment for me. Like, my yeah. life was fucking miserable for, like, a year. I was, like, not able to accept what happened. I wasn't able to accept and express my anger mm. or um, my sadness on a deep level. I mean, I cried a lot and stuff, but then I would try to snap out of it and get back to being productive and... Yeah. You know, it was just, my life was very compartmentalized, all my feelings were. So I feel like it was after about a year, year and a half after um, I lost him that I kind of started to feel curious about, like, do I have to suffer this much? You know, like, of course I've been suffering, and I've always thought that when you lose someone, especially in a way like this, that, yeah, you just suffer. And then I was like, well, how long do I have to suffer? And then that kind of became like, do I have to be suffering like this? And then, of course, I don't know, you know, I'm sh- Eckhart Tolle, like, and this other writer, Byron Katie, who I'm a really big, um, she's influenced me deeply. Yeah, they yeah. talk a lot about suffering as a gateway into waking up, you know? Yeah. And then that's the way that you kind of start to realize that something as visceral as suffering is uh, in the mind, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in the form of thoughts. And think starting to realize that for me just opened up this whole other world of Mm. like wait a second my entire world is like a projection of my thoughts yeah you know and then of course once you get into that realm it just breaks everything open you know yeah so uh so 
now I just, you know, I'm still healing and still learning how to like, you know, accept all of my feelings and not just try to feel good all the time. But like, Mm. you know, I found that like peace, like ultimately what I'm trying to do is not to feel good. I'm trying to be at peace and feel joy, you know, which like joy happens in the, even in the midst of sadness or anger or any of these other feelings, like joy is like a deeper way of being, you know, mm-hmm. it's an acceptance and a peace with the world as it is. And you can have whatever feelings that you have about the world and still have peace and accept those feelings and accept the world. Mm-hmm. So it's this very expansive experience that I feel surprised by every day, you know, the things that come up and the new ways that I find to accept. Yeah. the world and, and myself and others deeply um it's beautiful dude i just every day is like even in the days that i wake up and i'm just feeling like irritable you know i'm just like what can i learn today like yeah. what's going to come up today like it's just you know what i mean it's just an yeah, openness so that's what it's this openness toward things as they are and not trying to block off like mm. and protect yourself you know so yeah. No, it's it's um no, I appreciate you talking about that and you know, it really means a lot, like, you know, going into it and it's like you said, you know, sometimes some something can happen which then makes you feel a certain way and then like you said, you're tuning into your thoughts and your emotions and mm. when you start questioning like, you know, what what what's going on? What what why? Yeah. And when you, like you said, you, Eckhart Tolle, he's, I've never heard of the lady, but Eckhart Tolle, he's really Yeah, good, Byron obviously. Katie is her name. You should check her out. It's, yeah. it's really powerful. It's really powerful. Yeah. And um, like you said, like, the, your thoughts, like you said, the projection of your reality. And, like, these things we aren't taught, are we in, like, education? education and, like, no. So, it, like you said, when you start thinking about, those things and how we work as people and energy like you said it, it does open up like another world and when you like you know you I think some sometimes if you talk about it some people don't really understand because they haven't been to those certain kind of places mm-hmm. like in themselves sure. yeah but like you know when you when you have and you understand it um it's quite it's quite significant yeah. What about you? Like, do you, do you have a, a kind of a, did something, did you have an event in life or like, did you come across a book or like what, what was kind of your, your entry point? Um, I mean, I said, I've always, back in, as a kid, I've always, said, I've always been aware, you know, like as a kid, from what my family say. But I think that the significant thing that happened to me, I, I had an accident where I fell for a skylight. I was messing about. Wow, like from a roof. Yeah, I was messing about. Oh with, wow. I was messing about with friends. Sure. And this skylight smashed, and I fell down about fifteen, like ten, fifteen feet in between that. Wow. Yeah. And I, I ended up cutting my arms. Fall fell down like this. Yeah. Landed on a sink. And you know, very very lucky. So that. I from from that I had PTSD, you know, like post traumatic stress disorder. I know it well, yes yeah. sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had that and uh, I had lots of other stuff going on in school as well. Um yeah. and then from all that when I came you know, when I came through it, 
Um, I mean, this was what I'm. I'm 26 now, so I was like 13. Okay. So quite some time, but yeah, through that, I just really became aware of my thoughts and like how the body works and like the mind and it, like you said, it kind of opened up my yeah. my awareness that bit more. Um, yeah. And my mum's always been into crystals. My mum's you know quite spiritual. Um, yeah. And and my my ancestors, my granddad's side, like natives, I think, like Native Americans. Cool. And I, I've had spiritual things happen, you know. I've, I've experienced things. Yeah. And yeah, I've just been quite tuned into energy and people. You know, I'm a yeah. pe- I like people. Yeah. And crystals. Yeah, you and, listen. You like to listen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's like I feel like one of the most connected. I'm learning that right now that like listening is so deeply spiritual, like of a practice. When you listen. And your mind's not going off on like what you want to say or what you want to talk about. Like people, and I, I do, I sense that. And you like just there's certain people that it comes naturally to them to listen. And in that space of listening, you open your mind opens. You welcome things. It's just like a different way of being. You know, it's a very receptive way of being, like the divine feminine. You know, and I think that like opens people up to like the spiritual realm more so than um and i'm not saying that masculinity isn't spiritual but i think as an entry point like the receptivity is really like i don't know i just think it's a very at least here in the states like listening and receptivity is i feel like a very downplayed element of like power you know Mm. yeah no i I think i think you're right and i think like listening it's it's almost like a practice, like you said. It's it's not the easiest thing to do when there's a lot happening around you. Um, yeah. People, I can't, I can't remember the quote, but people is it listen to reply or something like that. They don't actually listen. Yeah, totally. Um, and you know, and one of my one of my things I had to work through was sometimes we filter things out. We take what we want to hear. We, we kind of filter through, say someone's talking or something's happening, we filter out what we want to hear from it. Sure. Um, but I think, like, through doing these podcasts, I've tuned into my listening a lot more. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, like, listening, it does, it does kind of, you know, broaden your horizons a little bit. You know, you're tuning into someone, you're... It's, act, it's called active listening. Active listening. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so, it's so important. Yeah. And I think, too, like, even this, like, the bits of silence that happen when you're listening. Oh, you're yeah. not thinking about what you're going to say next. The bits of silence that happen in conversation. Yeah. It feels so awkward and scary, you know? But it's, like, okay. And it's, like, silence is so beautiful, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree. Sacred. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes people feel that silence, don't they? Sometimes, like I've seen that on uh, is it Pulp Fiction? Is that scene where that Pulp Fiction? It, yeah, does that I've never, I've actually never seen it. I know. You I'm know. But go ahead. Needs to you're li- I'm sure your listeners have seen it, so use your reference. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's that scene where they're in the cafeteria, they're in the cafeteria, 
and having dinner and then in the sermons like don't you hate that and John Travolta's like what and she's like those awkward silences yeah. and she says something else but but yeah it, it kind of like is it, it's it's powerful silence is powerful especially yeah. if you're talking to someone and you're just listening like because like my 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 granddad like he doesn't have to say much he, he listens and then he'll speak so when he speaks you're like wow okay yeah. right. it just cuts through everything you know, I, like, I'm just thinking about, like, what is that awkwardness? Like, what, it's a nervousness, right, of silence. What, are, what am I nervous about? And I just had the thought that I'm, like, you know, in silence, you can't, you can't project who you are. Like, you can't control what someone's thinking about you. Like, there's just the silence. You don't know what they're thinking about you. When you start talking again, you feel like you you have some control over, okay, well, I'll tell them, here's how I am, or here's what I think. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe that's what the nervousness and the awkwardness, that's what it is, is like feeling scared that you don't know what they're thinking about you, and you have to say something. <laughs> you have to control it, you know? I'm like, oh, shit, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. And I think as well, people. I don't. Th- I think people sometimes aren't used to it. Because when I I did my coaching, I, I qualified as like a life coach um, last Christmas. But when I did oh, my cool. when, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, no, cheers, thank you. Um, but when I when I did the course, we had to practice silence. And one of the modules, we had to just sit there mm. and just listen to the other person. And like what you said, it felt uncomfortable. Like it was like ten people in a room, and you sat there and you're like, you start fidgeting, moving around. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, like it's important, and communication is important, and listening. Um, I, I think especially with what's happening now in the world, it's important to connect with people and listen to what people are saying. Yeah. Why do you say that? I mean, like... Like pe- right now, particularly. Because people are experiencing, like, you know, different emotions and might not feel mm. themselves. So just, like, someone talking to them, hearing about their day and listening can probably help them, like, massively. Yeah. It's, like, meaning... Maybe more meaningful. Yeah. More concentrated right now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Have you heard of the show, um, The Midnight Gospel? on Netflix. I've heard of that. I've never seen it. Okay. It's an animated show. Oh, wait, it's yes. Beautiful. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. It looks trippy have as you hell. Seen it? It looks, oh, it looks... you haven't watched it yet? Okay. You have to watch it. I don't, okay, you can watch it sober or stoned or anything that you want. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's really beautiful, but there's actually a whole episode on listening. And it's a lot of the stuff that like we're talking about right now and it's really beautiful. I think you would enjoy it yeah um but yeah he tells the story the guy who he's like kind of the star of it it's really weird it's kind of like it's it's an awesome idea it's like um a combination of a podcast and like a podcast interview and a, an animated show it's it's hard i know it's hard to conceptualize yeah. what that would be like but once you see it you'll be like oh yeah that's totally it but the guy who hosts it and is in every episode 
he tells this story in the listening episode where he's like, yeah, so I, like, went to this party, and, like, there was this guy there that I met, and I just, like, literally talked his face off for, like, 15 minutes about this modular scent that I had just bought. And I knew he didn't care. I could see it all over his face. I didn't even care about what I was saying, but I couldn't shut up. He's like, I just kept talking and talking, and he, like, you know, obliged me and listened, but it was, he was like, it was just so bad. He was like, I find out a week later that a guy died in a car accident. And he was like, and I just thought to myself, like, some of this guy's last time on earth, he was listening to me talk about a modular sense for 15 minutes. And he was like, and I didn't even listen to anything he said. I didn't ask him anything. And he was just saying that was a moment for him that he was just like, started thinking about the power of listening and being open to other people. And I was like, really moved by that. I know it's a really intense story but I think also just because of what I've experienced in my life with loss like being shut in and mm-hmm. crazy stuff like that I'm just like <sighs> like just even like with you you know there's like the moments that I've looked at you through this and been like I don't know I don't know I don't know this person I don't know where he's going I don't know what's going to happen to him like what a gift that I get to like yeah. hear you express like your experience of being a person on this yeah. planet like I'm here for it you know yeah. No, that's it. I'm the same with you as well. And it's really what we're talking about. I think it's a lot of people don't really think about, you know what I mean? It's quite a deep thing. And I think it's important to think about these things. Yeah. And like, we're all different. We're all, I think, you know, we've all got our own story. We've all got our own personality. And it's so important to, to kind of, you know, understand ourselves and others and tap into different things. Yeah. Because like you said, like, you know, you know, it's being in the moment, isn't it? And that's, and that's quite a powerful thing. Yeah, it's all happening right here. Yeah. Nowhere else. <laughs> yeah. Only here. <laughs> On this little screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you, um... Have you got any favorite books at all? Okay, I did. I just read a book that I cannot shut up about. It was written in 1986. It's like philosophy and kind of like sociology. Yeah. It's called Finite and Infinite Games. Mm. It's by this guy. I say this guy. I'm sure he has like eight PhDs. His name is um, James Cart. It's called Finite and Infinite Games, and the subtitle of the book is A Vision of Life as Play and Possibility. Wow, and the neat. whole book is just, I mean, yeah, like, even just that, you're just like, <laughs> all right. Like, but, yeah, I just, like, got it from the library, so I guess it's, as, it's really beautiful to me, though, because he talks a lot about, like, modern life and, like, a lot of the, he addresses a lot of the issues that we're seeing manifest with technology use um, here, like, in 2020. But again, it was written in 1986, and there's something really powerful to me about like reading people, reading people's um, anticipation of mm. like social issues, yeah. like way before they ever happen. Because I'm just like that, just makes me listen more, you know. Because I'm yeah. like, oh, you're not just saying this because it's like a hot topic, like buzz issue right now. Like you fucking like called it, you know. Yeah. I want to know what you think about it. So, anyways, yeah, that was a, a, a really brilliant uh, book and um, just really helped me to kind of, like, 
just been trying to chill out, you know, just like chill out and not take shit so seriously. And just, again, like enjoy life as like play. Mm. Um, and there always just feels like so much pressure. So this book definitely helped me a lot with like just relaxing, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's a good one. And then I'm reading, you commented on this. I posted it the other day. I actually have it right here. This Alan Watts book. Um, yeah. It's called, it's called the book. Um, and it's been really great too. I'm about halfway through it right now. Um, and it actually, it's funny enough. I just, I've had this for years and I've never read it. And I picked it up off the shelf after I finished Finite and Infinite Games. And a lot of this book is also about, like he talks about game, like life being a game and what type of game life is. And it's so much overlap mm-hmm. from the James Carr's book. And mm-hmm. I, I love it when that kind of stuff happens because it just feels like the universe is like feeding me like, okay, here's what's next. Yeah. <laughs> here's what's next. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, all right, bro, let's go. So That's amazing. So yeah, I guess that's what I'm into right now. That's awesome. What about you? Are you in anything? Me, I I read um, Everything is Figuratable by Marie Forleo. Oh yes, I heard her on a podcast. Uh, maybe like an Oprah Super Soul podcast or something. Yeah, she she. Um, Is it a good book? It's really good. She lots of uh, like like guides and tools and then quotes throughout it, and then it's about her story as well. Yeah, she's really good. Really good book. Um, cool. I read that uh, not long ago, and then I read um, uh, epic. It's a philosopher called Epictetus. I might pronounce it wrong. Epictetus. Okay. I don't know. He, yeah, he's from the Roman Empire times. Okay. He was a slave, and he, he ended up, you know, writing a lot. And it's been kind of transcribed his writings into a small wow. book called uh, Manual for Living. So he talks about, you know, the mind, energy. Uh, wow. Yeah, and like law of attraction, and not. Um, Materialism, materialism is talked about a lot, so that was quite interesting. Wow. And then uh, I've I've got loads of books. I just need to read. And then I've I've started reading uh, Gary V, one of his books. Gary V. The guy who's into like social media and marketing and Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh-uh. He's um he's written four or five books. It's about making content and putting it out there basically. Oh okay cool. Uh, called Crush It. Um. Yeah, I mean, I probably need to read that. Jeez, <laughs> I gotta get my shit together. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, reading is reading is important, isn't it? Really, you learn so much. Um, and like with Alan Watts, like I, I posted on your page with with the book you're reading. Yeah. Like he's 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 an amazing guy. Yeah, yeah. It's the first book I've ever read of his. Um. I've seen, like, quotes of his shared and, like, little excerpts, you know, but um, for some reason, I just kind of had this idea that I was like, oh, he's just kind of like this Buddhist guy, and now that I'm reading this book, I'm like, that's literally not his vibe. I mean, you know, kind of, it's influenced by that, but it's, like, so much more expansive than that, too. Yeah. Have you, have you ever listened to his uh, lectures, his audio tapes? No. No. I'll have to send you some of his audio tapes. He's... Okay, yeah. He's so relaxing and chilled. Um... He basically, like you said, you know, like you said, people were talking about things before they happened. Yeah. He was that guy who was saying, you know, basically what's happening now is going to happen. And this is back yeah. in the 60s. Wow. And people didn't take him seriously. And he was a lecturer in, I think, philosophy. 
and um, he basically became an alcoholic. Um, and yeah, as one does whenever you're predicting all this crazy shit about yeah. the world, no one's <laughs> listening to you. Yeah, I feel you, dude. Yeah, so he he was a really wise man, like it, as you can yeah. see in the book. Yeah, I didn't even realize. I didn't even check to see when this when this was written. Fifty three. Yeah, some time ago. Wow. Like um, who who to say, like your role models, like whether that's family or um, someone you look up to, like in the music industry or mentors mm. or anything like that. It's quite, it's quite, I, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. It's quite no, a difficult no, question. It's, um, no, no, it's totally, what, I mean, it's, it's, it's a question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, you know, <sighs> my, uh, my honest answer, I feel like, makes me sound like an asshole or arrogant, but... I guess I'll just accept that judgment if that's what comes to me. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I there's like bits and pieces of things in other people that I'm like, oh, I like this, I like this, you know, like that I respect. But like, I feel like I'm still kind of like trying to find yeah. kind of the model for like, ooh, this is how. This is how I want to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's hard because, like, I feel like I kind of have this side of me that's, like, more kind of, like, academic and, like, ideas and theories and stuff. But then what I do for a living is very, is, like, literally entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so finding someone... And there's people who are, but like, for instance, like Kanye West is somebody who's like a combination of those things, yeah. but there is such an air of like self-importance yeah. that I don't want to embody. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't really know. I mean, you know, Josh is someone for me that has been really influential in terms of like the freedom with which he creates. Yeah. You know, he always just says, he's like, just put it out, just put it out. It, does, it doesn't matter. It's just about creating. Like, don't hold on to it. Just put it out. And, you know, so he's like somebody that I really appreciate, like, a lot of his mindset when it comes to, like, creativity, just the freedom with which he does it. And it's mm-hmm. it's really not, you know, he doesn't feel, like, attached to, like, how people see him or, like, whatever. He's just like, he just does it. this is what I love doing here, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then there's like different writers and stuff that I really appreciate. They're like philosophies. They might be like jackasses as people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> that's what I feel like for me. It's really important for me. Like to, it's important to me to develop like compassion and like kindness and understanding for like literally everyone from mm-hmm. like, like even like a fucking Nazi, you know? Like yeah, I just yeah, want to be yeah. the kind of person that I can like genuinely look with compassion not pity compassion on like anyone you know um so that's a big thing for me and then i also so i have certain role models in that like i would say an author i really love in that realm is pima shodran who's a um she's a 
Buddhist nun, and she wow. writes books as well. Um, really beautiful writing and just very radical compassion. Um, and then I had like heroes in terms of creativity, and Josh, I think, is one of them, you know, of just being able to like just do it and not think too hard about it. Mm. Um, and then there's people like, oh, this guy, I just listened to him a couple weeks ago. Oh, who is him? Oh, oh, Tristan Harris. Have you heard of this guy? No. He's like Silicon Valley dude. He, um, but he's like basically talks about like the ethics of AI, like social media, like the effects that it has like on society. And he like advocates for like the ethical use of social media platforms. And the way that he, like, if you listen to him talk, like, it's so comprehensive. I love, I love it when people's, like, views of the world are, like, really holistic and comprehensive, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I get more attached to, like, ideas than people who hold the ideas. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think what you said, like, role models, like, you know, it's not just one person in it. It's, it's a very personal, deep thing isn't it like a role model and what, how you connect and want to be like you know somebody and it's like you said it's not yeah. just that it's it's appreciating other people's skill sets and what what they say and do like 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 you said josh like i had him on the podcast and we oh yeah that's right that's a few weeks ago huh i think it's a few weeks probably last month yeah. i think or something or a few weeks okay. ago and flying by yeah and we and we yeah he he's like we touched base on on a few things and he mentioned to me like because i asked him like how how do you what chose how did you choose your album covers Uh and he spoke about like a cantaloupe uh, yeah and how he challenges himself in creating it in a different way and how he yeah and like you said it's just it's quite inspiring isn't it like through listening to like you know things like that and, yeah um you know it's inspiring what you're doing as well like music and what you're you know you're following your passion you're following something that you enjoy yeah i think like that's that's something i talk about a lot and i'm like you know you just need to find it don't you and yeah yeah, and I think it can be hard when you're, like, really attached to, like, there being a certain outcome, you know, of, like, pursuing your passion. You're like, oh, I want to pursue my passion, but I want it to look exactly this way. And it's like, well, you kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, when you follow a passion, it's like, a passion is, like, it's, you can't tame, like, a passion. That's, like, what makes it a passion. It's, like, wild and, like, free, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you never know where it's going to take you. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you want to have, like, a certain kind of life that looks and feels a certain kind of safe and secure and, like, and and I'm not saying that means in order to follow your passion, you need to, like, live on the streets and, you know, not take care of yourself or, like, have a family or whatever. But I think there's a certain amount of predictability that you have to, like, kind of make peace with not having when you hmm. are, like, all out about, like, pursuing your passion, because you don't know, you know? You're, like, it's, it's not just that I'm trying to make money, it's that I'm trying to do what I'm passionate about, and and I trust that, you know, 
I'll like have what I need from like pursuing that. But it's like basically it's like faith. It like takes a certain amount of faith yeah. to do that. And yeah, it's tough. It's tough sometimes. Yeah. Very challenging. Like I mean, I I know there are a lot of people out there who want to kind of you know get into music and get their yeah. voice out there. And I've got a really good friend of mine who's. He's, he's got an amazing voice. You know, he's talented. He plays the piano, writes his own music, makes yeah. it on the computer. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And, he, you know, I, I had a conversation with him and he was telling me, like, he feels like, you know, people don't like his, you know, people don't believe in his music or yeah. he's not got that support. Even though, you know, some people who he thought, you know, were close to him and stuff, like, like how how would you say somebody gets out there when they've got like negativity around them mm. or do you know what I mean like people telling it's not going to work or people not believing in them externally yeah well I mean a lot of times when you're pursuing like art as a career like people's like you know it's a, cl- a classic thing is like you know, your parents are like, don't do that. You're never going to make any money. Like, why don't you just go get a normal job and whatever? And, like, I feel like that's a really common thing, you know, um, of people who just – it's not that they're, like, trying to bring you down. It's just they have these ideas about, like, again, like, you know, in order to have a happy life, what that means is that it's predictable to an extent and you don't have to be stressed out about where, your, you know, your next paycheck is going to come from or whatever. And that's the way certain people live and that's that's okay that's their value system you know but if you're not like that and you find yourself surrounded by people who don't really understand the value that you have in risk-taking and pursuing your passion then like I would say a of all just kind of like putting an intention out that you want to like be able to make some friends and like have some people around you that share those values that you do and that have like an adventure spirit and yeah. and see the value in risk taking and the excitement of it and pursuing creativity at all costs you know mm. and you know i mean i can't literally can't give you an example of a time that i've like put an intention out and opened myself up to something and it hasn't happened like if you set that intention for yourself and and pay attention and you're open like you will meet people and like you know, of course, like, moving to a music city, you know, you could do that, like, London or mm. Stockholm has a whatever, like, here, LA, New York, not really, but Nashville, but, like, yeah. what I found is that, like, if I don't have that kind of, like, faith in myself, and that's kind of what happened, I moved to Nashville looking for other people to have that faith in me, and I was just pissed off all the time, because nobody could give that to me, I, you can only give that to yourself. And then also asking yourself, and you're like, nobody believes in me. Like, to do what? Like, what does that what does that mean to you? What do you want people to believe that you want them to believe that you can do what? What's on the other end of that? Is the answer because for some people it's like nobody believes I can be famous, you know? And it's like you can anyone can be famous if they want to be famous bad enough. Like literally, like yeah. you will find a way to be famous if that's your only priority, you know? Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's it's not really an issue of like, are you capable of doing something? It's more about like having the clarity of what it is exactly that you're wanting to do. And I feel like the reason that, you know, for some people, um, I don't want to make blanket statements, but mm-hmm. like 
the reason that people always find themselves in a position where they don't have what they want is because they haven't even clarified with themselves what they do want. You know what I mean? So it's like everywhere you go, you're just like, oh, I don't want this. Oh, I don't want this. I don't want this. It's like, well, what do you want? Well, not this. You know? Yeah. So that's been my personal experience at least. And, um, yeah, because, like, yeah, I think it's it's just important, you know, when you talk about making music for a living, like, there's so many ways to do that. Like, there's people who just do gigs and, like, bars and stuff, and, like, they're not famous, but they make money, like, mm. playing music. And often that's not what people are talking about. They're talking about, I want to be famous, I want to, like, have all this stuff. And it's like, okay, that's a particular kind of life, you know? And if, if you want to do that, like, be specific about it and, like, figure out practically what you need to do to, like, mm. you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, of course, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I think it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's important. It's I don't important. know if it makes sense either. So. No, 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 no. It makes sense. I'm just uh, reflecting, like so, like yeah. what you said. Um. So. Sorry, break it down. So, so like what you said with the music, you know, a lot of people don't find their thing. They don't really know what their thing is. Yeah. And so they're saying, oh, well, I don't want to do this. And they're just like kind of bouncing between things, you know, from different things. Sure. And, you know, like believing in, you know, believing in yourself and finding out why, you know, what, you know, so like you said, why you're doing it. What's the purpose yeah. behind you doing the music? Not yeah. Yeah. What do you believe you can do? What is your self-belief actually and your capability to do what? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I feel like a lot of times, maybe this is going to be getting a little too psychological, but like, I feel like sometimes you talk about, like, if I'm like, no, and I've been here, like, nobody believes in me. I'm not being specific when I'm talking about, like, it's not about music. It's about me, like, having this child wound about, like, feeling like I'm just not enough. No matter what I do, nobody likes me. Nobody appreciates me you know yeah. and that's not even about music that's like some spiritual shit you need to go to like therapist or like fucking deep dive on your own like you're just using music and art as a vessel to like get this validation to fulfill this like you know this part of you that you feel like you can never be enough you can yeah. never be what people want you to be this you understand what i'm saying yeah, like yeah of course it's just yeah so I, that kind of i mean this has just been my journey you know like yeah, like separating that stuff out and figuring out like what is like a wound on a deep level and then like getting that shit sorted out, it's like really easy to figure out what I want to do with music because then it's just, we're just talking about music. I'm not using the music as a way to like yeah. validate this like really deep wound that I have that's about much more, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. No, of course. So like you said, with, with music and it's an outlet in some way for people to kind of communicate that message how they feel inside and, and it's a way yeah. of kind of like helping and dealing with what's going on inside and sure it, like you said it's kind of taking that knowing that place and you doing something with it so you can kind of go into that place know it mm -hmm. make something with it and then yeah, put, totally. it, put it out there to like other people totally totally yeah music's music's deep like yeah it's not just something you hear it's not just words like there's me there's deep messages behind music isn't it and that's like what you're saying mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Even like, yeah. Um, like you know, your music you know, is very deep. Um, and some of them are like very like you know like dance like, like music. Yeah. Um, like even like Oliver Tree, like some of his songs are like really deep. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, I never he heard. He gets into it. Yeah, and some of us, I saw his music videos, and I was like, at first, I was like, what is this? And uh-huh. then I played it back, and I listened to it, and I was like, damn, like, yeah. And yeah, it's so it's so fascinating to hear different people's music because everyone's got their own, you know, story sure. and thing. Yeah. Could like, is there anything else that you've ever wanted to do? Or is it just be music? Well, in another life, I might, like, work on a farm and just, like, be around, like, the natural world and, like, have my whole, like, Ralph Waldo Emerson (laughs) thing, you know, just get away from it all. Um, Yeah, I also, like, there's been different points where I'm like, oh, it would have been really fun to, like, stay in school and, like, teach and, like, just do research and, like, write papers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like I have a lot of, like, hobbies and do a lot of random shit, so I kind of, like, scratch that itch that I get to, like, yeah. have some variation. Yeah, yeah, so. that's awesome. Yeah. But, like, so, to kind of, kind of, like, round up, like, would you, like, how, what, what message would you give to people, um, who are wanting to like pursue music or pursue a past you know what I mean their passions try and make it something in reality yeah. materialize it. Yeah. Like, like advice would you give or anything? I would say that not creating from your ego and like creating from like a really deep place of self-expression mm-hmm. if you're doing that you kind of learn the skills as you go but there's so many people who have all the skills but they don't have like the connections to their own spirit mm-hmm. and some of those people make it or whatever but like having if you have that connection to your own spirit and you start learning the skills like everything really falls into place like Think about when you hear a song that you're like, this is fucking special. It hits you, you know? You feel it, you know? And it's because someone has communicated deeply from their own spirit, like a feeling or an emotion or an image, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that right there is like, I think that's what like artists have to work on like their whole lives. And I would say like that for me has been the hardest part of doing all this and like, you can learn skills, just, like, watch on YouTube, watch tutorials. Like, that's not the hard part, is, like, learning how to, like, make the track sound good. Like, you'll get there. But I think spending just as much time on, like, your own relationship with yourself and your spirit and connecting with your actual feelings and figuring out, like, in what ways you're just playing roles or, like, you know, not being, like real you know right. and like trying to connect in those ways because then when you are connected to that and then you have the skills that all of this inspiration just starts pouring out and you have the skills to make stuff and you know you can start from anywhere no matter where you live and you start making music and putting it out and if it's special and like hits like that like people will listen to it and when people start listening to it like that's what this is that's what 
success in this industry is just people listening to your music and liking it and coming back to listen yeah. to it more. Like, that's literally all it is. If you, if you remove all of the industry trappings of it mm-hmm. at the core, it's about your relationship with people who listen to your music. Mm-hmm. So, and what people are looking for is a connection to an actual person, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can't connect to other people if you can't connect with yourself to be able to share that. Yeah. So, I guess that would be kind of my, you know, my thing is like making sure that like, yeah, that you're focusing on that spiritual side of things and expressing yourself just as much as you're worried about the business side or the technical skills of production or singing or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think I, I, I'm absolutely agreeing. And I think, like, it's so true, like you said, you've got to, like, get to know yourself before you can then, you know, know the people and be yeah. the best version of yourself, you really got to, like, tune into that, you know, yeah. and, you know, delve into it. No, that's it. Yeah. It's just, uh, uh, yeah, like, I think you couldn't have said it better, really. And that, it's so important to do that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, the, that, that's what's important to, to me with, with my perspective on the world and how the kind of life I want to live. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to just be famous. I don't want to just make a lot of money. Like, I want to contribute something to the world that, that enriches it, you know, and mm-hmm. in the same way that people have contributed their thoughts and experiences that have enriched and educated me, like, mm-hmm. I have experiences, too, that I, you know, certainly mm-hmm. can benefit other people and yeah. you know even it's just like giving music that you put on at the right time and it just hits you and yeah. you feel good and yeah. you know so for me it's important to share those emotions in an honest way and in order to do that I just have to be in touch with myself you know some people don't do that some people just smoke a ton of weed and just start writing and yeah. you know maybe it's honest maybe they're just talking about you know their fucking nikes i don't know and and that's fine like you can write that way it's just i really have no judgments it's just not mm. i wouldn't be happy doing that because yeah. of just how i am you know yeah. so you know some people are like that who want to pursue music and yeah, that's yeah. fine you know and then other people maybe feel a lot of con- conflicts around not just wanting to write whatever, they want to write something meaningful, and I guess that's what I'm speaking to. It's mm. like, yes, you're not crazy. Like, it's it's okay that you want to say something of substance, but just know that you have to put that you have to put that work in, you know. Yeah. And and don't be discouraged if you feel like you're not if it's not there and you're not saying what you really want to be saying or it doesn't feel honest yet. Like, don't be discouraged. Like, just keep digging. Um, accept yourself. You have to accept yourself. God. Yeah. <laughs> be nice to yourself. You know, yeah. like you can't sit down to write and be like berating yourself for how bad you think everything is all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess maybe that's a more honest way to answer your question. What I would tell people is be kind to yourself and dig, and don't be discouraged if it, if you don't if you know it's not there yet. It's mm. okay. You'll mm. know when it is. You will know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really that's a really lovely message, and I think like 
it's really nice, you know, hearing about you, like, talk about, you know, how you feel and, like, your take on music and how to, you know, deliver that forward. Yeah. Uh, it's, Thanks. No, you're welcome. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to, like, you know, talk to you and connect with you and grateful for your time and energy for this and yeah, you know, it really means a lot. Really, really means a lot. Yeah, thanks for asking me. I've I've enjoyed talking with you. No, no, you're very. And just like hearing hearing your thoughts and um your story too, a little bit of what you shared and um yeah, and just for the thoughtfulness of the questions you've asked and for listening, I really appreciate it. No, no, you're very welcome. Very welcome. And yeah. Like like you're talking about, you know, like your music. I, I listened to one of your songs the other day, and I like it. Kind of. I wanted to go for a run, and I listened to that Star Spangled, and then I was like, mm-hmm. I had all this energy, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go for a run now, and I just went for it, you know, so like, it's, you know, like, music's powerful, and you're, you know, you got, you're, you've got great music, and, you know, just, like I said, just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's been, it's been, it's been great, and, you know, keep it up with the music and you know we could do this another time or something yeah absolutely yeah sure sure I'd love to yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to read a lot more books and get some more ideas to not just say the same shit again yeah. you're gonna have to give me a few months to uh to uh get re-inspired yeah <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really, it was really great talking to you. Thanks yeah. for asking. No, you're very um, and I know we had to reschedule this like a million times, so I'm super happy that it happened when it was supposed to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, life happens, doesn't it? You know, it's fine. Yeah, just gotta roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, but no. Um, how can people find you anyway? Like on social media and YouTube. Um, yeah. So. Well, like I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm starting. Um, Tomorrow is the first episode I'm doing on Instagram Live of um, a show. I'm calling it Splat, and it's just about, like, spontaneous creativity. Um, I'm talking a little bit about, like, Jungian psychology and, like, the subconscious that creates, like, images. And um, basically just going to be, like, sharing some exercises and resources and ideas that I've found that have been really helpful to me. And, um, like, tomorrow, you know, it's going to be just kind of an introduction of some of the ideas. But in the future, I'm going to be, like, interviewing some of my friends who are artists across different mediums to talk about, like, different ways they kind of try to tap into their subconscious mind mm-hmm. and draw from that. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be fun. It's going to be, like, I think kind of a cerebral time, you know, kind of, like, brainy and yeah. weird. And we'll get into, like, some weird spiritual stuff that's just kind of, like why not you know so i'm excited yeah that's that's a big way to stay in touch and instagram in general is probably where i post the most yeah yeah. so that's mint yeah i'll put i'll put your description like your links in the bio for for this cool cool awesome sweet but no it's been great talking to you and have have a great evening evening daytime there whatever time it is 12.30, 12.30, afternoon. Have a nice afternoon. <laughs> yeah. What is it for you? It's Evening? It's uh, around probably 8 o'clock. I haven't got my watch on, I can't see the time. Probably. Oh, and it's, is it uh, light half, outside because you're so far up north? Yeah, it's um, half past 8 in the evening here. Wow. Yeah. 
Like, it's literally sunny. That's crazy. When does the sun go down? Um, like, in an hour, probably? Heading towards summertime, it's usually around before 9 o'clock. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> well, enjoy your your day and night. Yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. know what to call it. Yeah, I guess it's evening, technically. <laughs> anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you take enjoy. care. Bye. All the best. You too. Bye. Thank you.